Hey, it's Andrew Leggett from Rams Home Loans, and I'm here with John McGregor from 414 Property Co. And we're here to invite you to our investment seminar. We're really excited to put this on. We've been getting a lot of questions about the changing market. So what we're going to be doing is focusing on the bigger picture, how to invest and make decisions with your head and not your heart, and whether or not it's your first investment or your 10th, how to structure your loans to ensure that you maximise your profits over the long term. So make sure you come along on the 30th of August at 5.30pm at Brew Lab. Going one, going twice, no all right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I am your host, Aaron Horn, and it gives me great pleasure to be back at the desk with my two boys, where the boys are back in town. It's Paddy Berry and John McGregor. Welcome back, team. Gentlemen, excited to be back. I feel like it's been forever since I've been sitting in this seat. It's been a red hot minute. Yeah, I think at the end of last episode, I even said, like, maybe I won't be here next week. Like, it's just been this <laughs> rotational roster of, of anything could happen. And we're actually recording on a... Non, on a non-record day, just yep. because uh, you won't be here tomorrow. If yeah, it no, was I mean, a real it day, been like well over a month, and I was starting to feel I might be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of being replaced, I thought I'd convince you two to come in and not have an episode prepared and just talk shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always down for that, baby. How's life, gentlemen? How's life? <laughs> so, well, give us a rundown why you won't be here. We'd always love hearing about the things that are happening in your life um, outside of real estate, even though it's a real estate podcast. Uh, yeah, hit us with heading to Alice Springs tomorrow. So. Alice Springs. Springs be yeah. warmer than where we are at the moment. Only just. I was really excited thinking I was going up to, you know, 35 degree heat and, yeah. you know, really lovely weather. Apparently it's minus one overnight. It's only getting to about <laughs> 17 each day where there. So, Sweet. yeah. Mate, you used to be wearing a short, so oh, you're yeah. fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're heading up for BMX racing. I was so, going to say, what yeah, brings yeah. you to um, yep. Alice Springs in the middle of the year? My boy Parker is racing around four and five of the National Cup. So we're heading up there. That's awesome. Should be fun, but... Being the fact that uh, you can only get to Alice Springs every second day means that we need to leave tomorrow to be able to race there on the weekend. Okay, yeah, so you've got to kind of, yeah, really plan out your um, venture to get there. Are there many other people from Tassie heading over? I think there's about 15 or 16 people heading over. It would be the biggest group of Tasmanians that we've had at a national event. So oh, really? That's great. Which is really funny because it's the most remote slash hardest one to get all to all year <laughs> and that's the one everyone chose to go to. Just because Tasmanians are hardcore. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. Yeah, so, so you could have gone, you know, to Adelaide where it's nice and easy or yeah, Brisbane yeah. where it was quite easy to get to. But yep, no, yep, everyone yep. from Tassie chose to go to Alice Springs. So, are you, so I suppose you're um, pulling apart the bikes and pieces and shipping across then putting them back together. Is that the deal? Yeah, so that's what I did last night. So I um, packed them all up. They're actually in the bags out in the front of the office at the moment, ready yep, to go yep. on the plane. So, yep. yeah, it's not too bad. It takes us about 20, 30 minutes per bike to pack them down, get them in the bag, and then same to put them together. So I like the idea. Like, oh, Parker's got a manager. You know, oh. he's got his roadies crew and everything. Yep. <laughs> Walks around like a rock star. Yeah, he's like, I'm off to bed, Dad, and I get to spend all night <laughs> cleaning, <laughs> putting them in the bikes and pulling them apart. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. that's fun. Nice, nice. I'm just thinking, as you're mentioning the um, the the biggest contingent of um, Tasmanian riders heading over for the event, is that a sign that the sport's growing, or I just the, I've got a way that we can bring this around to property? Oh, yeah. um, what's happening with the sport here in in Hobart and in Tassie? Yeah, I think the sport is slowly growing. I think um, the fact that it's been part of the Olympics for a few years now has definitely created some interest. Yep. Um, I think that BMX in general has become more popular after Logan Martin won the freestyle competition in the Olympics mm. last year. Yep. Obviously different to what we do with racing, but it all gets kids onto bikes. And, um, you know, with our club, we start racing at two years old. So some of those parents that have decided to get their kids onto bikes normally start with us. That's the coolest little thing to see them. Oh, like yeah. they 
put them at the top of the hill. They're ready to go and they're just little, sitting there. Little, like, tiny little just let your little legs go. And, like, <laughs> uh, and so I think then they learn the basic skills from us and then they progress into different areas. So, yeah, it's been good. Definitely a growing sport. Um, so it be the size of football or any of the mainstream sports, but, yeah, it's definitely getting a bit uh, of a reputation for being popular. Well, no, it's just interesting that, yeah, as you say, Olympics and kind of, yeah, that exposure to a um, mainstream audience kind of, yeah, builds the sport. I know that there's some changes we've mentioned on the podcast before, but the the facilities here in Hobart are changing. Yeah, so we're halfway through potentially moving to Sorrel, so um, they're putting a new track together for us. So we'll be leaving our home here in Berrydale and heading over to Sorrel for a brand-new state-of-the-art facility, which should be good, um, in Pembroke Park, which is going to be exciting as well because it's where all the other sporting things are, so it's, it's going to be a nice little touch. That's insane too because then that little pocket would be one of the most sort of condensed areas in the Southern Taz for multiple um, different grounds of sport. Yeah, well, you've got football, you've got netball, indoor basketball stadium, us, skate park. I think there's a soccer oval there as well. Yeah, yeah. Like it's literally just got this massive mix of all different sports in the one location. 100%. Okay, so this is where I thought we can spin this into a into an episode. So this <laughs> Sorrel Harbour of kind of bringing all this sport and all this community to the area has got to be good for for the growth of that area, surely. That's got to be something that says, hey, come here, let's – I guess the urban sprawl spread to there. Yeah. The bypass through uh, the airport is another thing that's making it easier for people to get to and from that area. Yeah, definitely. Um, they've just obviously improved the airport highway. They've improved the midway point connection there where you come across the causeway. Yeah. Uh, they've just bypassed the rail completely if you're heading down to Dodgers Ferry, Port Arthur. So they've done a lot of – work on roads down through that area um, and one can only assume it's because that area is growing so rapidly. One of the uh, – well, we're helping clients currently with a house at Dodgers Ferry who are moving because they have to move because of um, family, not because they want to. Yep. And when I was chatting to them, it, it, this this seems to be a common story is that no one actually seems to want to leave, like go further than Sorrell unless they really have to. So, you know, if they're in Dodgers, they, you know, you spend your weekends at Dodgers. You know, it becomes those, you know, regional towns or, well, yeah, we'll just use that, um, or um, where, you know, you, you spend your weekend with barbecues and family and friends and you um, travel locally and you do outdoor uh, elements. It's not like you're in the um, town to party. Yeah, so, no, I, I guess it's that idea of, yeah, you're heading into this, the city kind of thing, like, oh, it's going to cost me so much for an Uber back yeah. if I have one too many drinks, it's going to be. So, uh, well, let's make it our little hub here. Mm. I was even at... Um, at a baby sensory class last week. Here we go. This is a, a, a what a baby a, a baby sensory class. So oh, yeah, yep, yep. Basically, took our seven month old or took my seven month old to this class, and there was all these mums there. There was two other dads, but you know, you just do little things with your with your little man yeah. to stimulate him and yep. and let him. But this lady there had moved over from Sydney, and her husband had lived in Kingston back in the day, and now they've moved to Lindisfarne, and he's just like. She said, oh, you're turning back into a Tasmanian because you don't want to travel to Kingston because it's that, that much too far down the <laughs> yeah, outlet. Why would we and I was like, that? oh, man, like I love Kingston, but I never go down there. Like that's like going to Launceston. Like it's like <laughs> I'll never do it. And she's yeah. just like, you know, me coming here today, like I'd be stuck in an hour and a half traffic to get to this 30-minute century class if I was yeah, in yeah. Sydney. Here, like – you know, I literally left the house five minutes ago and now I'm here. Halfway across, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same with Sorrel. It's really not that far away. Like there's ways to get there. 
But it's, yeah, definitely this mindset of like, oh, no, I'm not leaving that place. Well, that's the thing. All the mindsets are the exact same. So it's the same with the people who live down in Kingston. It's the same with the people who live in the northern suburbs. Same for Brighton. Everyone's got the same sort of mentality in, in that sense. But every time now these municipalities are growing to a much larger extent. And, you know, we'll just go back to the Dodgers Ferry example that used to be much just old shacks. Whereas, you know, the, the house that um, we were appraising for our clients, like that was an old shack now converted into like an insane mansion really cool home. Yeah. Um, you know, and he had um, a big bar at the back and a second, you know, um, second attached living area. And, you know, it was just, it was amazing. And, you know, that's sort of the difference now where those areas have been transformed into their permanent residency rather than just, um, you know, there's also been a huge take up of people from New South Wales moving to Dodgers Ferry because they still want to recreate that beach lifestyle mm. that, that comes with sort of Dodgers Ferry. Yeah, like of course. You're kind yeah. of you're on your um, on the coast and you're still living that kind of yeah. Yeah. So there's been a huge amount of people relocate from Queensland, New South Wales to that area for that reason. They can still enjoy the weekend walks on the beach. Yeah. They're brave enough to go surfing again. <laughs> they can, they yeah. can go swimming as well. But, like, yeah, it's just a really big community of people that love being outdoors down that way. What um, was, was interesting for me when we – so our, our clients are moving to Toowoomba and um, obviously, you know, in the Hobart market we've seen definitely a change in your um, investors moving away from just buying the stand, you know, the one-bedroom ha- one house. Probably a perception that there's going to be a long time before you see larger capital gains over, you know, significant growth like we've had. So they might be seeing, you know, more, you know, fast growth theories now. Yep. And I, I just went, oh, that's cool. I'll just try and I'll reach out to a couple of colleagues out in the, you know, out that area that we're familiar with and just sort of those regional areas. Um, and every single house was under contract. You know, there was maybe one that I could see just scrolling through the pages and pages with Toowoomba Central and okay. Towns, and everything was under contract. And then, but then I looked at the the value proposition versus Hobart to Toowoomba and, you know, Glenorchy, you know, here being 550 to 600, they were still like 420. And so all of a sudden people what have looked at Hobart, you know, Glenorchy and now looking to those regional centres and going, holy moly. So this is kind of that, um, yeah, Simon um, Presley from Property Logic. Actually, That's I think it. he sent out an email just yep. this morning saying, is Queensland worth looking into? Looking back into, yeah. Um, well, and, and then I went, well, I, I put his hat on for what he taught us. I went, hang on a minute. All right. He look, gave you a hat? I, I, I borrowed it. <laughs> <laughs> what? going to ask for a backup for this yeah, episode, yeah, exactly. I reckon. <laughs> but, but then I went, okay, what were the big things? You know, um, you know jobs, education, um, hospitals, that kind of stuff. And like right in that centre, like it ticked all those boxes. Yep. I went, jeebus, you know, like that. Jeepers. 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 I'm trying to get myself out of swearing, but now I'm sort of strange words are coming out of this mouth. It's like you're part of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that show. Still do. Um, uh, watch the Boo Brothers if ever you do. That's the best uh, sh- That's the best Scooby-Doo film as far as I'm concerned, the Boo Brothers. Oh. Anyway, back to Toowoomba. Pat got so, deep on Scooby-Doo a few yeah. years back. Still am. Yeah. 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 So, so, and then, then I went, holy moly, these guys are going to have a um, – Value-wise, we'll do really well for them here. Uh, but I think they're going to be moving into a market where it's going to be really challenging to buy because yep. obviously they're in that, um, you know, multiple offer um, situation because everything's just moving so fast. So almost like a shifting trend from well, yeah, what's been happening here to they might be finding that in their marketplace while this marketplace corrects into kind of what's happening here. So absolutely, that fluidity yeah. of, of the space and where it's at. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> oh, shit, now I did it. Now he's going to catch me out. <laughs> Man, I, 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 Watch the socials. <laughs> it's surreal, like, at the moment, like, for, for us here, um, just how much difference the negotiating um, 
you know, landscape has been over the last six months. And even when I got back from the Philippines after that May period, yep. um, in the last three to four, you know, everything um, is certainly returning to that. Um, I was watching some different opinions of agents across the world, actually. Makes me sound more intelligent than I am, but it was, you know, quite simple. Um, the But one thing that seems to be quite true is um, – Everyone's it's moving back into the market where people are buying and selling because they have to, not because they feel like they have to buy, which is, you know, what would normally happen in a real estate cycle. Like, you know, you're upsizing, downsizing, family grows, you need to move for family reasons, et cetera. Um, But it's also meant that um, a lot of these deals for us have been taking, you know, a lot longer and it's got a lot, you know, a lot more challenging to to work in this industry, which is really exciting, you know. Yeah, so I guess like looking from the outside, like the boots on the ground kind of it feels like there's a bunch more phone calls being made, not like phone calls coming Coming in in. saying like I need to know about this property straight away. It's like I'm making the calls to be like, hey, I think I've got this property that you'd be interested in reaching out to the buyers that you have in your database kind of it does seem like, yeah, the the workload is changing yeah, just from yeah. an optical, like how are you finding it out there? One of the um, ones I, I liked was uh, Sam in her office in terms of just some interesting experiences um, where actually this is a little bit off topic, I guess, but the, 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 Eddie's open. Is it ever on topic with yeah. you, John? <laughs> <laughs> it just got me because th- the, uh, the poor guy, he's in one of those situations where the owners are interstate and the house is basically left abandoned for the most part aside from young people living in it. And, and what are you saying about young people? Just, I'm not calling what it was. I used to be one. I was, uh, we'll just keep going. <laughs> uh, but he, he had, he had an open home where, um, that, that cleaned it up, but the, 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 the guys that were living there purposely went out of their way to trash the place and throw obstacles in the driveway to prevent him and the buyers from actually getting up into the property. Yeah. Wow. And so he was, he was, he got there about, you know, 45 minutes, half an hour early and he's sitting there slowly clearing, you know, clearing the, the driveway to actually get people to be able to move up into the property. In the meantime, the buyers are getting angry at him saying, how come you're not doing this work? You know what? I have to wait. It's like, guys, wouldn't you think that actually, if I was a buyer, I'd be thinking, oh my god, look at this agent getting up here really, really early to clear the site in order to be able to make this happen for people. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's still the those that are looking at it, going, oh my god, you're doing a terrible job. While he's got two other open homes to get to on that day, and like <laughs> racing from yeah point A to point B to be like, oh, I hope I can get these set up in time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, very interesting. Exactly. But even then, what we had, um, what four contracts, Pat, that you were able to help. Um, Moved together because all of their prices had to adjust to um, to basically pull it all together. Yeah, I think that's where it's going to get interesting now moving forward. Is that um, it's not sold until the sold sticker goes up. So yeah, yeah. the offer that we sign off on the table, sometimes we may have to do some creative work. And yeah, recently we had four deals that are all relying on one property selling, and we couldn't quite get that property where it needed to be. Mm. But simple solution was that we went and spoke to all the other owners and spoke about a $5,000 reduction on each of the others and that made up the difference on the very last property to get yeah. everyone sold. And, you know, everyone was more than happy to to do it because it got the job done. But I think this is where agents have to get a little bit more creative in this marketplace to get deals together. So mm. this this is another thing I've been listening in on phone calls is kind of this idea of the, the price adjustment and then kind of the discussion on how that goes. I've just heard it while overhearing people talking on the phone, kind of this idea of, oh, we've set the – price it offers over 500 for example yeah it's not getting the interest that we want now to kind of put a little fire under the belly of the listing we've got to drop it back down to you know offers over 480 mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's an interesting. So, yeah, you, do you want to lead off from here? Because it's obviously an interesting conversation to say, like, I want to put the price down, but it doesn't mean we're going to sell it for less. Yeah, like Cranes Road's a great example of that. Yep. Um, we had that on the market, um, did a price reduction on that, uh, had it at 630000 couldn't get it done. No yep. one was really – people were looking at it, but no one was coming back for second looks. No one was ringing up wanting to make offers. We're chasing people and they're like, oh, it's not for us. I see. So – we made the decision with the owners to drop it to offers over 589. So quite mm-hmm. an, a large drop in this marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from doing that, we went probably, oh, I reckon about a hundred percent increase in inquiries, like it just went berserk. Yeah. Um, and then from there we ended up with three offers and ended up with the final offer being $632,000. Unreal, wasn't it? And all it was, was that at 630 people in their head were thinking, cause they're so used to this market. Oh, they're going to want 650, 700 yeah. for it. Yeah. But it wasn't until we got it to the value where people were like, Oh, this is a great deal. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I want this home. We created that sense of urgency. We created that competition and we ended up with three people all battling it out, wanting to secure the home. And then happy to, you know, happy to go pay the price which you know, at the original asking. Yeah. Yeah, which is surreal. And I remember, uh, <coughs> gosh, going back maybe 2015, 2016, there was a block of land we had in um, Lena Valley Road and it was listed at 165 So this is the point where we're using fixed asking prices, so not necessarily offers over at the time. Yep. Um, so the then no, zero interest zero interest um we you know with the owner they gave us permission to advertise it at 155 and then we ended up at 173 mm. you know because all of a sudden it was just that hit that sweet pot spot in people's psychology to think okay this is a this is a reasonable opportunity and it's like actually then they you know will find out exactly how much they want that and it, it, there's no that's what's so surreal about this industry is it's the the psychology of it is um really tough to navigate through sometimes. Um, I think as a vendor, it's important to know when we come and ask for a price reduction or a price adjustment, it's not because we don't believe that your house is worth what we're trying to sell it for. What we're trying to do is get people through the door and make an offer so we can do what you've paid us to do, which is negotiate the price. Yeah. So if we can't get an offer, we've got nothing to talk about with an owner. We may as well not have it on the market. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you never have to accept an offer that you're not happy with. So. Yes. There's no harm in taking our advice and adjusting the price to see what happens Yeah, is yep. the way I sort of try to explain it to my owners because all I'm doing by asking you to drop the price is for uh, me to go work harder for you to get the job done. All I'm doing is putting extra pressure on us as the agency to, you know, get you the offer that you're happy with mm. and whatever it takes basically. But if we, if we can't get people into the home, we can't. It's just, it's just, it's positioning. Yeah. There's this idea if you've got a dartboard, you're either in the market or or you're on the market or in the market. And like on the market is you can put any house in the market for any price you want. You're on it. But technically where the market is, which is the buyer pool, um, you're not in it, you know, so you have to adjust to these, you know, where they are. Yeah. I like that analogy. Um, Mm. And I know when you play darts, so John, what happens if you miss the ball completely? (laughs) Don't play darts with me. You'll lose an eye. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but even from a purchase perspective, when, um, you know, we, we are going back to buyers and saying, hey, um, are you still interested? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, what at what at what interest level are you at? You know, this, you know, we are getting now um, people that are, you know, um, tr- you know, could say trying it on, but just, you know, 
throwing in um, low offers, hoping that some of it's going to stick. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes with purchases, you might have that, um, you know, the uncle that goes, oh, just, you know, well, I'm, I really like it. Yeah, yeah, but you're just going really hard. You know, just don't, you know, don't give them anything. And it's not to say that they won't pay the asking price. It's just that they had another person over their shoulder saying, you need to come in hard first. And that's the so, start of the progress process. And yep. then you guys will get into work and be like, look, we've got an offer. I think we can get it a bit higher to where you guys want it and we'll do the we'll do our due diligence to to work on it. Absolutely. And it might yeah. start really low, but yeah. Well it's that thing where, you know, instantly you get uh, I got asked by a buyer's agent, you know, how 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 would I handle a negotiation? Um, you know, how do we handle it? Because we were talking I asked them, was investment seminar, look, how do you handle their negotiations? Um you know, there's two hats. Either you're buying for an investor or you might be buying for, you know, a home buyer. So they're you know, they're looking from two perspectives. And from the investment he said, mate, I don't care. If the numbers, I play the game, I just throw offers until, you know, until it hits within my my strategy. Yeah. Fair enough. So they're just gonna throw obviously they might have to make fifty offers to hit one. But they're getting very, they're getting a very good deal because they're, you know, saving money in the purchase. Um, and he said, "Well, how would we defend it?" And from our perspective, it's really about the understanding of the real value of the asset. So it might be in a particular market. If uh, we'll just use six hundred thousand dollars for example, um, you're in a slow market. Everyone's going a little bit harder. But Martin from our office had a great example of a property in Chapel Street where the owners were adamant at getting their six thirty, and it's taken him several offers, um, you know, for a few months at this point. Um, but finally, 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 they found the the right buyer who had gone to, you know, 627 and he's just said, look, guys, just so you know, they're probably going to come back at 630. Um, let's have that discussion. And of course, um, they counted and, and got the price that the owners were, you know, hoping to defend. Yep. And I'll tell you, like, we present uh, clients to money. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're getting this price. So he was like, he was adamant as well that that, that this house this is the number that value. Yep. Um, and he, you know, he defended it. Um, and you know, still, still got a great result for him, but it takes a little bit of um, patience because um, I look at it that there's another line. It's like there's a price, there's a time, there's a time, there's a price. You know, and it's that if you if heard you that need, one, yeah. I reckon I can make a super cut of that one. Yeah, and if you need it, you know, if you need it sold within seven days, okay, maybe defending your highest price is not a great idea. But if you've got four months to wait, well, you know, we can wait. Yep. You know, um, it's just you're going to have to have a little bit of patience. Um, and while like these markets, um, I suppose, because this is where we started, eh, mate? Like, um, you know, they are much more built on longer relationships that require a lot more uh, finesse yep. and nuance. Like, um, you can't go, oh, that offer offended the owner and then it's going to come back next. No, no, no. You've got to um, you got to work. You, you know, you've got to work. Um, and that requires more phone calls, more follow-ups, because that buyer may look at that house 30 days ago um, and said, oh, what else you got, you know, doesn't like anything. They realise nothing better's come along, and now they're ready to go again. But they needed the phone call. They won't call. You know, won't call you back. Um, so it's hundred percent. Yeah. So from and from a buyer's look, this is a good market for you to try and secure a good deal. Um, but just bear in mind that um, it's not always going to be as easy as you think. Um, if you want to do like that investor, certainly um, well, in the end he had his numbers, but he knows he's going to have to put down fifty offers before he actually hits something. You know. Yeah, but he's obviously got his spreadsheet sorted out and he's just like, look, this fits into my bracket and all the numbers line up. It's like playing the stock exchange or something like that. Just like, yeah. yeah, I'm just looking for- Straight up numbers game. Yeah. yeah. No emotional attachment. Just if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I'll go next. If there's a time and a place and there's a place there's a time. Yeah, that works. <laughs> That's what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, did, I had no idea what we we're going to talk about today and we've, um, yeah, we've worked some gold into it. It's actually was, was way more- um, <laughs> 
intellectual than I'd planned. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to talk about BMX. I'm going to talk about <laughs> catching up with my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Bamboogle this weekend. <laughs> Actually, it was your turn. Well, I suppose fish on that, mate. You've uh, got a good weekend planned. Yeah, no, I've got the old um, the Dosa versus the rest of the world um, Bamboogle trip on this weekend. So awesome. be like a Ryder Cup style. It'll be all the all the boys we went to school with and a few more just kind of up there away from the kids, which will be a bit nerve-wracking. They've been a bit unwell of, of late, so. How do you go, like, with a couple of days away? You, you, can you can disconnect yet? Oh, after a few beers you can. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel bad for the partner that's stuck at home with them and they're causing, Pat's shaking his head. Yeah, I can disconnect the you're, you're real the easy now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the door hitch on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> it gets easier. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, no, looking forward to it. So, yeah, a few guys flying in from the mainland and, yeah, it, touch wood, it's been great weather every year that we've done it so yeah. far. I haven't had a bad one, so. Well, and it's been a, like, hard couple of weeks for you guys to take photos. So hopefully by this time this weekend dicks around, it's like, all right, sunshine lollipops, you know. You've had Fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. Yeah, sunshine yeah. and lollipops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all golf sticks in this golf clubs. Sunshine and golf clubs. And uh, on that note. Only time will tell. All right. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us on the Property Pod. Good luck in Alice Springs. Hope Parker has a good time uh, um, bike riding. Well, we'll be good. Awesome. Stay well, guys, and we'll uh, be back next week for more Property Pod. Until then. Bye. You have been listening to the Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.